Ah, oh, bloody hell. Stish. Ah! Cough. Ah, oh, bloody hell. Wang it off. I've reversed that, so it's censored it. There, I've reversed that, but essentially that was me swearing. Um, and the reason for that is because I've spent the last half an hour reading the blog out. There was some brilliant improvising as well. There was a whole bit about a donkey that I improvised. That was inspired. I read the blog perfectly. There were some wonderful bits of improvising. I was really pleased with it, and then I've just looked at it and it wasn't recording. And now my battery, and now my braille display that I'm reading this from, because I'm blind. I've always been blind, by the way, if you're a newcomer to this, thinking, well, you should have started with that news, David. That's quite a moment. I've, no, I've always been blind. I haven't just gone blind. You know, you know, there was a great improvised bit about a donkey. Anyway, I'm going to read this blog to you. Um, unfortunately, and also, I'm a bit annoyed because there's a problem with the recording. Oh, and also, I'm blind as well. Yeah, but uh, I forgot. I, f I was so annoyed by the recording going wrong, I forgot to tell you that news. Anyway, it's a race against time now. The battery is running out of my on my Braille display. You'll never hear the bit about the donkey. That was an improvised bit. That's the bit, because I can read the blog again. I can read that what I've just done. It's a waste of half an hour. But the bit about the donkey, I'm never going to be able to get back. Never going to be able to create that magic. And I can't do it now. I'm not going to I'm not going to do the improvised bit about the donkey because you know it's already been done before. What you've listened to just then, that minute, was absolute dross in comparison to the bit about the donkey that I'd done improvised before. Ah! But the battery's at 9%, so I better read this. BBC New Comedy Award News and another groping story. And this was written on the 19th of June 2019. I tell you what, I've got some left-wing neighbours next door. I wonder if maybe they've recorded it through the wall. That'll be good. I'll go around and I'll ask them. So, I mean, you can always check the Guardian website. Oh, I can't. I can't get the donkey bit out of my head. I cannot get that improvised bit about the donkey out of my head. I was so pleased with it. Ah! It was just, like, my brain was just so fluid. And I just thought... That's good. Thing is, if I, if, I, if I do manage to find it lurking around on a hard drive, I'm not going to be able to release it, because if I did release it, you go, it's not that good, David. This, you don't get so worked up about it. It wasn't. To be honest, I think the computer did you a favour. Anyway, battery is at 9%. Let's hurry up. Well, what a few weeks it's been. I've had the honour of opening for the amazing... Oh, I'm making mistakes now as well. I didn't make any mistakes in the first take. Right, come on. Pull yourself together. That's not an instruction to you, by the way. I will not, David. My goodness, you disgusting animal. I don't know what you think we get up to when we're listening to these podcasts, but it's not that. Well, well, what if... Ah, oh, there we go. I wouldn't have got that joke, would I? If it wasn't for the fact that the thing wasn't recorded. Suddenly, the donkey is old news. Well, what a few weeks it's been. I've had the honour of opening for the amazing comedians Tom Rigglesworth and Boothby Graffo. I've been chosen to take part in the BBC Radio 4 New Comedy Award. Plus, and this is the big one, I've been groped by the young'un's very own Sean Cooney. Obviously, I know that you'll all be principally interested in the groping news, but firstly, I'll briefly take care of the admin, and then we can get on with the juicy bit. What? He groped your juicy bit? You'll have to keep listening to find out. But first, news of a damp squib. What? He groped your damp squib? Now, come on, listeners, stop this. I expect better from you. And don't go claiming that you didn't actually think any of that, and that I am fictionalising your imagined double entendre thought processes for mild comedic effect. Because, quite frankly, that argument doesn't wash with me. Now, if you don't stop interrupting, there'll be no groping story. Thank you. In my last blog post, I announced that I had a mysterious gig entry in my diary, simply saying Hyde Park gig, which is on the 12th of June. I was given no further details than that, 
but this gig was given to me by a pretty established comedy agency, so I assumed that the gig must be a fairly big deal and would be taking place inside the actual Hyde Park, where they do all the festivals and the events. Two days before the gig, I hadn't heard anything more about it, so I got in touch with the person who booked me to do it. Finally, two days before the gig, I got an email. It turned out that it was actually taking place just outside Hyde Park in a pub. And then, the day of the gig, I got another email to say that the pub was pulling the gig because they hadn't sold any tickets, which is hardly surprising given that none of the performers, let alone a prospective audience, knew where the gig actually was. I'd already booked the train, so essentially it cost me £16 to not do a gig. Which might sound like it should be rather frustrating for me, but actually I viewed it as a bargain because it would have cost me £50 if I had done the gig because I would have had to have got taxis to and from the train station. At the moment, I'm fairly new to stand-up comedy and this whole thing is proving a rather costly hobby. So for a psychological boost, what I might do now and again is sign up for a load of free or low-paid gigs, and then cancel the gig and gleefully watch the money not roll out. Last week I received an email informing me that I'd been chosen to take part in the BBC Radio 4 New Comedy Award, a competition that has helped launch the career of some of the most prominent comedians in the UK. Past finalists include Alan Carr, Nina Conti, Rod Gilbert, Julian Barrett, Daniel Kitson, Lee Mack, Marcus Brigstock, Peter Kay, Josie Long, Shappy Corsandi, Jard Christmas, Rob Deering, Russell Howard, Justin Morehouse, Gary Delaney, Andrew Lawrence, Daniel Ward, Dan Tetzel, Carolyn Quinlan, Sarah Milliken, Angela Barnes, Joe Lysett, as well as my good friend, the excellent comedian Silky, who I've performed with on a number of occasions. And he's well worth seeing. And also Justin Lee Collins, but let's not spoil it. I love you, I'm going to cream you right down, and I'm going to rub your back. I'm sorry, Justin, I'm doing a podcast. There are 50 people competing. My heat will be in Leicester on the 3rd of July. People have been asking me about tickets, by the way, since I posted this blog post. I can tell you, I think all tickets went to people on the BBC mailing list, because they've all sold out, so you can't see me. But I'd only be nervous if I knew you were all in the audience. But it will be broadcast very soon after on BBC Radio 4 Extra. That's on the 5th of July, apparently. I'm currently working on my material for the show, but rest assured that I'll be sending all my jokes to be vetted first by Nigel Farage. The semi-final and the final will be held in August, at the Edinburgh Fringe. Obviously, I don't know if I'm going to make it that far, but I've had to put plans in place just in case. This is by no means proved an insignificant and painless undertaking. I was meant to be flying to America the day before the date of the final, ahead of a two-week US tour with the young'uns. We have therefore had to move the first of our gigs, which was due to take place on the day to the final, to the end of the tour, so I'm now going to have to fly out the day after the final. The other two are flying out from Dublin on the 15th, which is only going to cost them £430, but I'm going to have to fly fly out from Edinburgh on the morning of the 16th in order to get to Philadelphia, hopefully just in time for our first performance. The cost of this flight is around £1,000, so it's going to cost me £500 more than the other two so that I can take part in the BBC Radio 4 New Comedy Award. And, of course, I might not even make it to the final. I might not even make it to the semi-final. But the flight prices are increasing every day, so I can't afford to wait. I have therefore had to book this flight, which doesn't have a cancellation plan. So as if getting knocked out in the first round of the semi-final isn't going to be upsetting enough, to add insult to injury, I will still have to go all the way to Edinburgh regardless in order to catch this much more expensive expensive flight. The flight is leaving early in the morning, so I'm going to have to stay in Edinburgh the night before, which is going to prove a rather costly exercise because it's the fringe, and accommodation is unbelievably difficult to get. Still, on the plus side, at least I saved £16 last week by not playing Hyde Park. 
actually, I have received quite a lot of offers from people saying they'd put me up in their flats who, who live in Edinburgh. So that accommodation dilemma is all sorted. My opening spot for Boothby, Graffo and Ilkley was a delight to do. In the audio version of this blog coming soon, which is here now because you're listening to it, there will be a clip from that gig. Well, actually, there won't be because I'm not going to have time to put it in. It's all right, as I'll, I'll play some gig clips in the next coming days. And we'll also do two harrowing stories of two journeys to and from stand-up gigs at some point as well. Following that gig, Boothby has asked me to support him on some more of his gigs. A couple of weeks back, I opened for him in Stockport, and we'll be doing another gig together in Bristol sometime soon, in August. Details to follow shortly. But I'm aware that you haven't really been listening to any of this, because you've been, maybe some of you have even been forwarding all the way through this because you just want to get to the groping story. All right then, here we go. The young'uns are currently doing a two-week schools project in Cambridgeshire. Each night we are sharing the same three-man room in a travelodge. It's one of the perks of the job. On the Monday night, all seemed perfectly normal. Nothing appeared untoward. We'd just done the usual young'uns pre-bedtime routine. Light bit of yoga, story, prayers. I was then just drifting off to sleep when I felt a pincer-like movement on my shoulder. My brain wasn't fully engaged as I was on the cusp of sleep, and so it took me a few seconds to fully register what was going on. In the meantime, the pincer-like movement travelled up and down my arm. I turned over in bed to investigate. Sean slurred a, uh, sorry, and immediately began to snore rather loudly. A little too loudly, I would say, as if pretending to be asleep, so as to vindicate his actions as being an innocent, unconscious, sleep-based act. But he didn't fool me. I lay awake, musing upon what had just occurred. Perhaps Sean had heard my recent blog post entitled A Grope in the Dark, in which I recounted the story of how I had to grope a series of men in a dark youth hostel in order to locate the one empty bed in my dorm. Maybe this blog post had given Sean ideas. In the morning, the excuse that Sean gave was that he'd had a panic dream in which his 13-month-old son was falling out of his cot. I pretended to believe Sean for banned morale. If Michael should think that Sean's groping of me was an intentional act, then he would likely fly into another of his jealous rages. So for the good of banned relations, I accepted this story of Sean's. If Sean's explanation was true and it had been a panic dream involving his son falling out of his cot, then I suppose I'd gotten off lightly. After all, it could have been a panic dream in which his son urgently needed a nappy change. I jokingly made this observation to Sean and Michael in a bid to relieve the tension, but I think this remark of mine only served to fuel Michael's imagination. The following night, I was woken to hear Michael making strange noises. He was seemingly trying to assimilate the quiet whimpers of a 13-month-old child. But alas for Michael, this ploy failed to dupe Sean into thinking that it was his 13-month-old son, so Michael was left wanting, untouched and unfulfilled. But Michael is the determined sort, and the following night he took things one step further. In addition to his baby-like whimpers, he elicited a disconcertingly noxious stench, presumably in an attempt to emulate the contents of a child's nappy. My suspicions were confirmed when I looked in the bin of our room, and I saw an empty packet of rusks. Michael had presumably eaten these in order to make his emissions more akin to a baby's. But still, Sean did not fall for Michael's bewilderingly desperate methods of trickery. Sean was clearly on to him, but not in the way that Michael was hoping. I will, of course, keep you updated on developments, both in terms of comedy and groping news. Thank you very much to all your comments, your well wishes about the BBC Radio 4 new comedy awards. Ah, but I want to read this comment out because, well, I think it deserves attention. This is from Amber Dworkin. 
who says, Aha! It's fastidious conversation about this paragraph at this place at this blog. I have read all of that. And now me making comment also at this place. Also, check out these nude pics. Thank you very much for that, Amber. Uh, unfortunately, uh, as I said at the start of the blog, I am blind. Presumably you're a newcomer to this blog. Maybe you saw me opening for Boothby Graff or Tom Rigglesworth. Maybe you were at that gig and you thought, you, you weren't aware that I was blind, maybe. Or maybe you've heard something about the BBC New Comedy Award and you followed me through that. Uh, but I am blind, Amber, so unfortunately. But thanks anyway for the nude pics. And I don't understand what happened, but this uh, comment actually I found in my spam filter. Yeah, it, it was in the spam folder. The uh, spam filter, there must be a bit of a problem with it. I have notified. I have notified the people responsible, uh, you know, unfortunately, Amber's comment. Amber was not given the green light, but fortunately I managed to see it before it was deleted. So thank you very much for your comment there, Amber. And thank you very much for listening to this blog post, unfortunately, without an improvised bit about a donkey. I love you. I'm going to cream you right down. And then I'm going to rub your back. Uh, uh, uh.